So many owners open their shops with the dream of doing auto repair the right way, being an asset to their community, having free time with their families, and having the ability to create a financial legacy. In reality, so many find themselves working long days, are struggling to find and keep good staff, and can barely pay the bills. Since 2016, the fastest growing automotive repair coaching company, ShopFix Academy's sole purpose is to stop the average small business from destroying the average family. Call 615-645-3683 to speak to someone on their leadership team about seeing if ShopFix Academy is a good fit for your shop. Learn more at shopfixacademy.com. And when you start rooting against other people, it creates that competition. And that's the life that I lived for so long. I didn't want to help myself. I just wanted to be better than you. So if I can't help myself be better, what do I have to do? I have to root against you winning so I can win. This is Success Leaves Clues, an automotive industry podcast, and I'm your host, Thomas Hayes. The ego is defined by Oxford Dictionary as a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. Now, that doesn't sound too bad, does it? We all have an ego of some sort, and everyone should have self-esteem and some measure of self-importance. But what happens when that facet of our minds gets magnified into something unuseful or even wildly damaging to ourselves, our shops, and our families? How would you even know if your ego is out of control? And more importantly, what do you do about it? On today's episode, I talk about this with Ryan Hillenbrand, owner of Herbs Garage and Tire in Kentucky. He'll share about how his own ego got out of control, what this caused, and then his journey to change this and transform into an incredible leader, husband, father, and friend. He shares some incredible lessons and at the end gives some great clues on how you can master your ego and live a more fulfilling life. So stick around. Here's our conversation. An effective online presence is a critical part of your shop's growth and profitability, which is why it only makes sense to use the company that many top performing repair shops use for managing their online presence, Leads Near Me. Leads Near Me effortlessly increases your car count with a strategic combination of killer websites, high converting Google ads, traffic driving social media posts, and more. Reach them by text or call at 888-953-2379 or visit them online at leadsnearme.com. Leads Near Me, effortlessly increase car count. So you want to talk about getting rid of your ego? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, controlling your emotions, not letting things get the best of you is probably um, the key to being able to make clear decisions. And I have this belief that like, it doesn't matter how smart you are and what we do, um, you know, being smarts for you, but being able to be a clear decision maker is for, you know, is, is really the, the indicator of how successful you'll be. Right. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of people have their emotions where, um, they just let them get the best of them. So a lot of these shop owners, managers, foremen, anybody like that, you know, that's in a leadership role in the business. Uh, all the way down to, you know, the guy sweeping the floors, let emotions get the best of them. And then we make rash decisions and it affects the outcome 
of, you know, our success for sure. And I would say, you know, those people who are able to keep themselves in check and really just think about things clearly, you know, and, and I believe ego is the biggest, um, you know, is, is the biggest part of that, you know, dropping the ego, being less than you think you are is a big part of it. Hmm. So, yeah. Is that always been something you've been good at? Oh gosh, no, <laughs> no way. Um, you know, I grew up, yeah, I tell the story a lot. I grew up, um, you know, the son of a farmer and a mechanic. I went to Catholic school. A lot of my, uh, friends or the kids I went to school with, their parents had, uh, you know, a restaurant or worked in a, was a lawyer, worked in a bank, something like that. And, you know, as I got older and started getting, uh, into some of this stuff, you know, it, it was mostly my own ideas, but I had this idea that I was lesser than a lot of these people. So I spent most of my life, you know, trying to prove to people I was something that honestly I wasn't right. I mean, you as an adult, I see that it was really important to embrace who I was. And honestly, after I figured out, I didn't want to be like a lot of other people. I went back to my roots and now I'm obviously in the automotive industry. Um, so that's a big part of it. But point being is, is, it was a big motivating factor for a long time. And the problem is, is my ego was what motivated me. So anytime someone tried to discount me, whether it be an employee, someone I worked with or whatnot, I had to go toe to toe with them to prove that I was, you know, you know, to prove that I was something. I think it's like, uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky says, you know, it's a man's being to prove that he is, uh, you know, the maestro and not the piano. So, uh, I, I think that that's, that's the, where the ego comes in is, um, you know, I didn't, after, after a long time of trying to prove that I was something that I was not, I kind of, I got to the top of that ladder is really empty. But when you look back, there was a wake of broken relationships and just wasted time. There was no like source other than just me championing myself and saying, I made it, you know, no one was there with me, any of that kind of stuff. And, um, that was probably about the time that my business was the most broken to be perfectly honest with you. And once I kind of quit making it about me and making it more about we, um, and started really, I would say down the servant, uh, servant leadership path was when things really started to change in my, but the biggest thing that changed was my attitude around it. So, so you're, you're in the, in the thick of it, as you said, mm -hmm. you're at the top of the ladder, you are alpha dog. Mm -hmm. When did you realize that that wasn't where you wanted to be? Was there a particular event or or situation that kind of woke you up? Well, I had no relationships, no meaningful relationships at that point. Um, you know, I, I, I would say even on a, on a family level, I, I don't know that I was really good to my wife, you know, compared to, you know, what my relationship is now. Um, I didn't have a relationship with my dad. I mean, you know, we, we worked in business together and we were kind of oil and water. Um, but all the people that worked for me, you know, that w it was kind of like the difference between a boss and a leader. It's hard to explain, you know, a, a boss is somebody that just tells you what to do. And that can, that can be really difficult. Um, you know, a leader, is somebody that leads by example. So when I was at the top of this ladder per se, I was definitely not leading by example. Um, you know, I, I had just kind of gotten there under my own will. Um, I was a type of guy where if something went wrong I jumped in and I fixed it. Uh, I didn't have enough relationship to be able to ask people to do things. I had to tell people to do things. And so a lot of times you get attitude and pushback when you do that. It's kind of funny how that little thing happens in your business. But when you tell people to do stuff, 
you know, it's just that top-down approach. When you ask people to do stuff, they kind of, they, they buy in. They, they almost owe you a favor. You know, would you be willing to, those kind of things. And so just the way that you, your mindset is in those moments when you have this big ego, it's all about you. And um, you just don't get a lot done. I mean, you rub people the wrong way. And it's just, it, the little things are just abrasive and terrible. And so, yeah, I mean, there, there was just, there's no way that I could actually get work done. You know, rules without relationships equals rebellion, right? Um, so you get into that scenario where you're just sitting there trying to get all these things done without any relationship. Well, you're, you're not going to be able to get very far. You had this realization that, that you were, you know, you had no relationships, you were alone. Was that a light bulb moment or was it a things just got so bad internally that eventually you realized something had to change? What was the shift? Man, ironically, it was it was probably twenty uh, twenty seventeen. Um, it was twenty seventeen, maybe early twenty eighteen, and uh, I just met Aaron. I was sitting on an airplane, and uh, I just thinking about just everything, you know, my relationship with my wife, what my business looked like, uh, looked like, and uh, the bad part about it was is this this is the weird part about like the transition in my life. Up until I honestly met Aaron, everybody I met, I competed with. Very competitive person, right? I, 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 I trained myself that I was better than everyone else, or I had to have some type of bravado to prove that I was better than them, right? So when I met Aaron, you know, I met Aaron in the middle of a time where I'm sitting here thinking, like, I'm a great shop owner. I don't know how in my head I thought that. It was, it was a, I mean, absolute insanity. At, I mean, chaos in my business. I'm running around doing everything, you know, late nights, telling my wife I'll be home at six and then getting home at eight. Right. Um, there's a lot of shop owners out there that do that. Like, yeah, I'll be home by six 30 and all of a sudden it's nine o'clock. Where's the time go? Um, so I met Aaron and, uh, I just in our conversation, like the, he, 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 he went in on me a little bit and like, it wasn't like, Hey, how you doing? These pleasantries and all this kind of stuff within two minutes of exchanging hellos. He's like, tell me about your business. What do you do? And then he's giving me advice. Like, well, you need to do this, do this, split this and do this, you know? And it was just kind of crazy because I'm just sitting here. I, and I, I, I had gone to a uh, event that he I was speaking at that day and uh, just listened to him talk and the way that he spoke. So, I don't know. Something about him just made me feel like he, was a lot like me. And, um, you know, he spoke from a position of I've been there rather than this is what you need to do. So I, I would actually attribute maybe, you know, Aaron Stokes is the first person in my life. I don't remember competing with mm-hmm. and, and I, I don't know what it was about him. I just something interesting there. And so I just started following him and listening to him. And, um, the crazy thing was, is I, what I felt like is I had worked so hard in my life. I mean, I really did put in the work. I was a really smart guy, but I don't believe that intelligence and, you know, smartness gets you, you know, where you want to be. I think clearly thinking. And I think that Aaron more so than anything helped me think clearly. And Adam Prizer is is another example. I mean, those are the first two guys that I don't remember ever competing against. And um, I just let these people pour into me rather than having to have some type of guard up. And uh, wow. I mean, what a, what a change that ended up being for me. Um, I became a much better leader. 
Um, I, you know, I, I, I got buy-in from my guys because I started coaching them like I was being coached, to be perfectly honest with you. Like I finally had an example in my life of, you know, what people without an ego wasn't like. Um, my dad's a great mentor and he's a wonderful man, um, but we didn't have that relationship. So, uh, you know, I, I guess people painted this person or painted this persona on me that I was a business owner in my community. So I was doing well. So I had to act like I was doing well when really I was just honestly struggling inside. And uh, when I finally opened up and dropped the ego was when the magic really started to happen. When I asked for help, I got it. And I had all, I, I really truly feel this. Um, I'm confident to say this. I had all of the talent in me to be able to make the changes and do the right things. I just needed somebody to organize it for me. And I couldn't do that because I thought I was better than everybody else previously. Is there anything that you would share with someone listening to help them understand or realize that they are in that season? Like, in other words, I think that sometimes we don't recognize that we're in the muck when we're in the muck until we see how much better it could be or, or some other event or, or something happens to shift us out of that. Um, I saw a, I saw a quote the other day. It said, educating the mind without educating the heart is no education at all. And I think too many times in business, um, we follow our head. We, we, you know, I mean, formal training and, you know, post-secondary education, whether it be college or, you know, technical school and all that stuff's for the mind. Right. And, you know, it's just to teach us the cognitive ability to to learn. But it really doesn't get you anywhere. I mean, that's why there's a lot of business owners out there that don't have any type of formal education. Right. So, you know, I think that educating the the heart, actually sitting there and thinking about, you know, what you want, you know, and I, I, I look at it from a standpoint at that point, I didn't know what I wanted either. And, and, and there's absolutely no way in that moment that I was fed up and, you know, distraught that I would ever know that I'd be here. And I there's no there's no way that I can know today what I'm going to be doing in five to 10 years. Right. But doing things for the sake of doing them is, is, an, is, you know, I think that's the best thing that you can do. And so the, the point that I guess I would be making is, is if I was giving somebody advice, you know, it would be having the understanding of why you're doing it. Right. If you're just sitting there listlessly and you're doing something and you don't care about it and you don't, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to have a good experience. Right. Um, too many kids these days feel pressured to pick a, um, you know, a genre or, 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 you know, a job that they're going to do. Yeah. And if you don't love it, you could be the smartest person in that industry, but if you don't love it, someone who loves it is most likely going to go farther than you. Right. I mean, this is why people who with less, with, with less talent who love doing things surpass people with tons of talent that don't love it. So, you know, you have to find your space. You can't chase happiness. You know, you have to learn to be happy, right? I think you just have to learn to be happy in the moment. And how do what, you do that? Well, that, that, the biggest thing for me, the biggest shift for me was you, you can't, you can't learn to love stress. I mean, you're not physically capable of learning to love stress, but you can learn to, you can learn to have a positive reaction to something per se. You know, you have an issue that comes up at your shop. Um, it's an opportunity. If you can, if you don't think about it as, oh, this is an issue. But if you start thinking of the, this is an opportunity for us to get better, that's a positive outlook rather than a negative outlook. Like, oh man, another problem, 
right? We have plenty of those every day. Um, so if you can have that positive outlook, that positive mindset, that positive reaction to perhaps less than positive things, you can change your mindset and you can always be happy about it. I mean, that's the, that's the biggest transition for me was I learned to love, you know, I, I, I learned to love fixing problems. I learned to love when somebody who had a bad attitude, I learned to love being the guy who went out there, had the course correction, had the, we'll call it collision is what I call it and changed them. Now it's not, I'm not going out there and calling somebody out, but it's an opportunity for me to change their mindset and, you know, and, and, and push them, you know, move them to the other side where they can have a better day. Right. Um, and, you know, I look at it from like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Um, you know, you have your physiological needs, um, which are, you know, water, food, you have your safety needs, right? And then you're going up to, um, you know, love and belonging. So being part of a team, being part of a family, and then you go to esteem, which is basically having some pomp and circumstance, you know, having confidence. And then once you get past the esteem is self-actualization. This is when you're actually able to go help other people. Right. Sadly, a lot of us get to, you know, honestly, our safety needs. We have our house. We have, you know, protection. And um, it's difficult for us to find love and belonging. Well, if you don't have love and belonging, you're not going to have esteem or confidence. And there's no way you can actually get to self-actualization. So the first step is fixing yourself, obviously. Right. And understanding, you know, finding the love and belonging, which means you have to be open for people to be open with you. Right. I think we lose that a lot. A lot of people have this wall up and we, we believe that people have to be open with us and then eventually we'll let them in. So being willing to be open, to be a, um, you know, to be, um, an open, an open book for lack of a better term, you know, the strongest man in the room is the one who has nothing to hide. I mean, that's a, that's a quote that I live my life by. And, uh, as long as I can go in that room and have absolutely nothing to hide, um, you know, I know I can be a powerful, powerful, you know, person in that room because I'm, I'm an open book. I'm here for you to read. And if you so see fit to um, be open as well, this is where our relationship forms and we can go to love and belonging. And then we can be confident that we care about each other, which kind of brings us to esteem, confident in ourselves, confident in each other. And then that gets us self-actualization where we're actually able to help each other. So it's a, it, it's where climbing the pyramid kind of gives you that, that give and take per se. As a, business leader, who do you have those relationships with? Because, you know, you can have it to an extent with your employees or if you're an employee, you know, to, I guess, your coworkers, but as a leader, as a business owner, who do you have that with? Yeah. I mean, I've been really fortunate to meet a lot of people in this industry that I have uh, really great relationships with. Um, you know, people I trust to call for advice, but the biggest thing is, is I, who, who do I have? I mean, I have people that aren't, aren't afraid to tell me something, you know, I don't want, I don't want a cheerleader. I don't want somebody to sugarcoat it. I want you to go in on me and give me, give me the what for so I can fix it. Um, so, you know, what's, what's the, what's the qualifications for somebody like that in my life? Well, I think respect, you know, love and respect a good hearted person, somebody that means well, I think is extremely important, but, um, you know, to an extent, these people that are mentoring me and that are helping me out, I need them to have some like 
leadership experience. Um, for lack of a better term, I need them to have a limp. I, 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 the people who have gone through some things oftentimes have the most impact in my life because they have a lot of insight. Um, you know, I've got spiritual leaders in my life um, that have really given me, you know, perspective when I'm, when I'm not thinking clearly. And honestly, what it boils down to is when I'm not thinking clearly, these are the people who I call who help me think clearly. They're my 10,000 foot view. And um, it's just, you have to seek these people out. They're, they're, they're usually not in the form of your buddies that you go out drinking with on the weekends. Um, they're usually not in the form of your coworkers. They're usually not in the form of your family. A lot of those people can be jaded and they can be honestly, uh, you know, they, they, they have a conflict of interest, right? Because, you know, your buddies that you grew up with, they know your past and it's hard for them to forget it. You know, your employees, well, you know, at the end of the day, you're still paying them, right? So it's, it's kind of hard to have, be friends with people you pay. Um, family, same thing. I mean, when push comes to shove, they might pick your side in a situation that you're completely wrong in because they love you and your family. So you just got to seek out some people, whether it be you go to, you know, um, guys you play pickup basketball with or, you know, whatever it ends up being, you have to go find these relationships. The easiest way to do it is to go find people in your industry and, and, and make, you know, make friends with the people that are going through the same stuff you're going through. Right. So going to industry events, you know, perhaps a coaching company, whatever it ends up, you know, suiting you. But these are the relationships that you have to seek out because these are the people who are going to help you the most. Did you know that some web design companies use the same wording across all their client sites? Unfortunately, this common practice is noted by Google as plagiarism, which will cause your site to be ranked lower. That's why it's critical that whoever makes your shop's website knows better. That's why so many top shops trust leads near me to create and manage their shop's websites. As Google certified partners, they know how to make a top ranking website from an insider's perspective. Get a free site analysis by visiting leadsnearme.com or calling 888-953-2379. Leads Near Me, effortlessly increase car count. How do you become one of those people? Who? How do you become uh, this, like the support for somebody else? Yeah. I think, uh, you know, for me, it, it involves just genuine interest in other people doing well. Um, I'm always rooting for people. Um, honestly, regardless of if they're, you know, where they're at, I'm always rooting for other people. Um, because I know how hard it is. So if you can, if you can really say a couple of things, which would be, you know, I, uh, I understand how hard this life is. Um, I'm willing to accept that I'm not perfect and, you know, and I'm also willing to accept that I have things to give in this life. When you become a, you know, when you find out that, you know, your purpose is not for you, it's for giving back. I think that that is, that's how you become that person. And um, it's tough though. I mean, it can be very emotionally draining on the other side of it, you know, where you're fed up on one side, maybe you get to a decent spot, but you take on other people's, you know, burdens. You want it sometimes more than other people do and you just got to be there for them and you just got to be willing to be consistent and not give up. So 
again, the top of the pyramid, the self-actualization, you, you can't help other people until you re- you reach self-actualization. I mean, you have to learn to love yourself first. There's a something I teach my kids. These are, these are lessons that, you know, not only do I use in my life, but I try to teach my kids early so that they they figure it out a little earlier than I did. It doesn't take quite take them, you know, 30 or so years. Um, I always tell my kids, you know, a lot of kids grew up, grow up rooting for sports teams. And, um, the problem that I see a lot of times is they may root for their sports team, but they root against other teams and I hear kids say, Oh, I hate this team. I hate that team. And I don't ever want my kids to be like that. You know, I want them to like a plethora of things, but I always tell my sons, um, you know, we root for our team, but we don't root root against other teams, right? We we can root for our team. You can root for the team you want to win, but we don't root against other teams because any negative speak that you put into yourself, um, you know, you, you you absorb that. And when you start rooting against other people, it creates that competition. And that's the life that I lived for so long. I didn't want to help myself. I just wanted to be better than you. So if I can't help myself be better, what do I have to do? I have to root against you winning so I can win. Right? Yeah. Um, when you say that out loud and you listen to that, like that, that is one of the most disgusting things that I, you know, you can think about or you can hear. It's not that I want to be better. It's it's that I want you to be worse than me. So I have to root against you. What a, that's a, it, I see that too many times pinnacle of ego. Everybody listening to this should be able to, should be able to relate to that. There's somebody in your town that they've caught on that you're doing something well, you've done something well and they're skeptical or, you know, it can't be possibly true. Right. Because in their mind, they don't want it to be because they're not fixing their stuff. All they're worried about is you. So as long as they worry about you, you can't be, you can't be as good as they are better. Or you can't, you know, but what if everybody in our town could win? Right. I mean, in this industry, is are there not, you know, are there not a ridiculous amount of cars on the road? I mean, it's virtually there's there's still not enough auto repair shops to repair all of the cars that are on the road and maintain them. Mm-hmm. It, it's just not. And there's what over 200,000 auto repair shops between all of the franchises and all that stuff. There's not enough. So it's just crazy that we have to push each other down. And, um, so, you know, these are lessons that I've learned in life that I try to teach my kids. And, um, you know, I, I, the last thing that I would say is the, probably one, the, the, the thing that really made me change how I look at myself was, uh, somebody asked me if I, if, if I had myself right now and I was standing next to my seven year old self, the kid that dreamed about being a professional baseball player kid who was curious about, you know, Legos and engineering and all that kind of stuff. And then my son's seven years old. So right now it worked for me because I don't have to look at myself. I just have to look at my son and I have to sit here and go, would my seven-year-old self be proud of me? Would my son, my seven-year-old son, my six-year-old son be proud of me Mm. if they saw the way that I acted and the way I operate right now, or if they knew the way that I think? And, um, I think that that's a, I think that that's a great way perspective to look at things. When you get angry, when you get upset, you got to stop and you got to look at things and go, you know, would, am I do? is this right? You know, would my, I mean, seven year olds are, they're very innocent for the most part. Um, but they're, they're becoming very clear thinkers, right? I mean, they've, their, their brains are starting to develop and they're starting to figure stuff out. And, um, so it's a good age, I think, to kind of put yourself back to and be like, would you be proud of yourself? in that scenario. And I think that that's, 
I think that's a really big deal. So that's huge. Yeah. Ryan, thank you so much. Sure. It's a great conversation. Very good, man. Thank you. That was my conversation with Ryan Hillenbring. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. And I'd be honored if you shared this podcast with a fellow member of the industry. And finally, if you've got a great story to share and wish to become a guest on the show, please email me at thomas at slcautopodcast.com or call 615-656-8804. Have a great week. No two shops are the same. That's why cookie cutter advice and coaching does not work. In order for your shop to get to the next level, you must have an action plan designed around your shop's unique needs. You'll also need accountability and encouragement along the way. Let ShopFix Academy help you create your best shop. Call 615-645-3683 to speak to someone on their leadership team about seeing if ShopFix Academy is a good fit for your shop. Learn more at shopfixacademy.com.